Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, thank you. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. We are here live from the high desert in the studio to talk about the 2019 Husqvarna FC250, FC350, and FC450. That's right. Last week we went to the Baker's Factory and rode all different kinds of 2019 Husqvarnas. But this podcast is all about the first impression of those three bikes. So first things first... RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. And of course, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com, just saw the 2019 fly racing gear last um, couple days ago Um, got to put it on got to feel it got to look at it you guys are going to be excited i'm excited i can't wait you're gonna have to wait another month but nonetheless i'm excited for the colorways and all the changes that they've made to the gear wps and fly have come a long way and just being a part of that brand for a little while man i've seen so many changes in the short amount of time that i've been a part of it so you guys want to get some good gear, head over to flyracing.com. Go order it over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. And please, light hydrogen, okay, or kinetic mesh. Those are my go-tos. So check it out. Trust me on this. You won't be disappointed. And, of course, Chris, Rob, the guys over at Racetech, Racetech.com. You want some suspension? You want some engine work done? Head over there to Racetech. Tell them Kiefer sent you. Possibly a discount involved. Not 100% guaranteed, but I know those guys. They're good dudes. You mentioned my name. Tell me, listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. I'm sure they'll help you out. But if you guys want suspension rebuilt, suspension revalve, you got an air fork drama problem, which I would guarantee that you do have one if you have an air fork, go to Racetech. They can solve your issues. Trust me. Whatever you think about Racetech a few years ago, throw it out the window. Give them another try. I did, and I didn't regret it. So head over to Racetech.com. Check them out. Browse around. See what they offer. And uh, if you're going to order something, mention Kiefer and get a little kickback. That's right. Save yourself some money. And, of course, all of our sponsors here, listen to the commercials, people. Save yourself some money. There are product codes in there. Everyone here that sponsors the show, I use personally. I do not take advertisement unless I believe in the product. And if you don't believe me, I can probably send you some emails to show you proof that I have declined some money my way just because I didn't believe in some of the products. So if you hear them here on the Kiefer Tested Podcast, you know they're good products. All right, guys. So went to the Baker's Factory last, what, Tuesday through Thursday? And spent some time in the heat and humidity of Florida. I'm sure you guys listened to the TC podcast, which was all about the 125 and 250 two-strokes for 2019. Husqvarna is introducing some new things. So it was a very cool experience. Very cool to have us out there at the Baker's Factory, watch the guys ride, see how they train, look at the facility. Just everything about that place is immaculate and very jealous. Like I said in the TC podcast... It is a dirt bike lover's dream. I wake up in the morning, living in the high desert, and I like where I live, right? I can wake up, I can ride from my garage, I can go test, I can come back, and I can do everything that I call my bubble. My bubble is um, 
something that I'm very comfortable in, I can get all my work done, and it's very accessible, right? Well, that is what Baker's Factory is times 10. I mean, from the shop to the tracks, they're set. Here's the thing the tracks are so um, immaculate, and not in the sense that they're all prepped up, but there's so many different types of tracks for you to try and and train on and test on. Um, if you want different dirt, Alden has it. If you want to maybe test some soft settings, he has it. If you want to test some hard pack settings, he has it. That's the beauty of uh, what he has going on down there. And man, it would definitely be the right time to be a KTM or Husqvarna rider because taking advantage of that um, deal that they have going on with the Baker factory, I would be all over it. I mean, I'm 40, year, 40 years old, guys, and I love learning. I love you know trying to get better and being there at the Baker's factory. I would love just to spend some time there myself and just try to hone in on my craft. I don't care how old you are. There's always room for improvement, and every time I went out on the track, I tried to learn something. So it's very easy to to gain. I would like that's what I like to say. I like to make little gains. You know, it's hard when you get at a certain level and you plateau and it's very hard to get better, right? Well, going to that facility, I feel like I could get better in a shorter amount of time than I could out here. So, that's a little bit of uh what I feel about the Baker's factory. Um but nonetheless, I want to talk about the FC 250, 350, and 450. This is kind of like a first impression. If you listen to the TC podcast, you kind of know what I'm talking about. We had about a span of six hours to ride five bikes. So I wanted to get each bike in and do a certain amount of time on all of them. But sometimes that doesn't go as planned. But nonetheless, I've been around a little bit. I can feel a motorcycle fairly quickly. Um, I can't break down a huge amount of settings for you guys. I will do a Living With podcast on each of these units come the end of 2018, rolling into 2019. But I just want to kind of give you guys a first impression because Husqvarna made a crap ton of changes to these bikes. And you can go check all of that out over at KieferIncTesting.com. You can read all the changes that they made. But engine changes, chassis changes... Um, body work changes the whole you know group of machines have been worked over so um, just head over there keyforinktesting.com and you can read all about it so basically I'm going to break down engine chassis and suspension for each one of these bikes and just give you a little taste of what they're all about and kind of maybe compare them a little bit to 2018 versions that I have ridden here at home so um if you guys listen to my rant about East Coast, West Coast settings on the TC podcast, um, I'm still going with that here on this podcast for the four strokes. Um, I only rode the 2018s in California conditions, which is hard pack, dry, little loamy on top, but nothing like what Florida offers for these machines. The track was very soft, very grabby, very ruddy deep bumps that were soft so um, a lot different than what i'm used to at california but nonetheless i feel like it's a better testing ground out there than what we have out here so getting right to it fc 250 i was a little bit leery about this bike because in 2018 it didn't have a lot of bottom i'm a big bottom to mid-range kind of guy i like to ride in that power band i like to lug my bike a little bit if i can and of course I'm 40 years old, I'm 170 pounds, I'm not 18 years old, I'm not revving the shit out of my bike, so that's kind of where the 2018 cater to. It caters to aggressive riders that ride to mid to top. I'm older, I'm not about that life, I'm more about that YZ250F life where it's mid, I'm sorry, what's bottom to mid range and very torquey. Well, Husqvarna went to work on the engine for 2019, and I can tell you guys, they have gained some torque and bottom-end feel. Is it as good as a 2018 YZ250F? Hmm, maybe not quite as torquey, but they have bridged the gap. I approve. 
When I went out on the track at the Baker's factory, again, like I said, deep ruts, very grabby dirt, I noticed right away that I have some more oomph, some more meat coming out of the bottom end, coming out of the corners. So if I wanted to pop out of some holes, pop out of a rut, it was easier to do on this 2019 FC250 versus last year's version. So if you're looking for a little bit more bottom end from your Husqvarna, your KTM, you're going to get it for 2019. I'm glad they made this change. I'm glad they're aware of it. I may or may not have heard from some Husqvarna team guys, some factory guys, that they're even looking for some more bottom end. So they're even aware. The race team guys are even aware that they need some more bottom end. So I think that is rolling over into the production process and giving us normal blue-collar consumers some of that advantage that the race team is having from the input. So I think it's very good engine is very crisp off the bottom still has that connectivity to the rear wheel from you know bottom to mid-range transition it doesn't have that excitement rpm response as a yz250f but you are getting some more meat second gear roll on pull shifting a little early to third gear out of a corner is more forgiving on the 2019 versus the 2018 so i do approve of that that is very nice and I would say mid to top end, to me, really hasn't changed um, from 2018. Now, I didn't have a 2018 to ride back to back on any of these machines, so I'm going off of my memory, which is fairly good when it comes to dirt bikes. Not so good when it comes to the wife telling me what to do. You guys know what I'm talking about out there. That's called, I'm waiting for you guys' answer. That's called selective hearing. That's what we have as males. When it comes to dirt bikes, we know a lot of shit. But when it comes to women telling us what to do, what, honey? Um, what? I didn't get that. I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> but nonetheless, I do remember a lot about the 2018 bike, and I don't think we're getting any more mid to top end. If anything that we are improving on from 2018, slightly more over rev, okay? Kiefer, well, how can you tell if it's, you know, there's not any more top end, but there's more over rev? Well, over rev can be in any gear, okay? So top end is when you're wrapped out wide open. Over rev can be coming out of a corner in second gear and letting it just yak, 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 yak. I just feel like it has a little bit more pulling power from bottom to mid, but also it revs out just a tad bit farther, okay? So that's a good thing. Honestly, out of all the 250Fs, I would say... Husqvarna and KTM had the best over-rev anyway, so improving on that is only icing on the cake. Again, no vibration coming from this engine. Man, it's, like I said, it's very, very tight feeling. Um, it has a, a very, I'm trying to um, think of a word for you guys that you can relate to at home. It's just very solid, I guess what I can say. It doesn't feel all raspy and clapped out and a lot of vibration. Um, when I rode the KTM 350 a couple weeks ago, I felt like it vibrated a little bit more. Um, I think Husqvarna doesn't have a vibration issue. I think just purely from the fact that they use Pro Taper handlebars and the way those are made, I know is very um, much in the quality standpoint of handlebars. I don't know much about Necken, what KTM uses. But from what I feel on the track, I just get less vibration from this engine slash motorcycle than I do a KTM. So um, good advantage from the motor from the 18 going to the 19 on the FC250. I like the changes that they are going to. Again, you're not going to be blown away by how much more torque this bike has from the 18, but you are getting some more, okay? Drilling some holes in the airbox, future, you know modification that you guys can do when you get this will help i've done it on the 450 i've done it on the 350 and it does help some if you guys don't know what i'm talking about you can email me chris at keyforinktesting.com i can get you a diagram and kind of show you what to do at home so you guys can do it at home pretty simple if i can do it you guys can do it trust me i'm a novice mechanic Moving on to the suspension. Again, I'm not going to get wrapped up in settings on this podcast because I didn't have that much time. 
set your sag at 104 to 105 guys leave the fork height stock it's around five millimeters i didn't measure it but i'm pretty sure that's where husky has it i left stock air pressure in the fork on the fc254 a little bit and then when i came back to the machine later in the day when it was rough i added one bar okay one full bar to hold that up because the dirt's so grabby there, okay? I'm 170 pounds. I had to bring the front end up a little bit. But again, that's all relative. That could change from track. That could change from rider. So don't go preaching this as the gospel. That's where you need to have your fork setting. I'm just giving you a little bit of a, a setting that I had when I was in Florida. Fork action, fairly good. Again, you guys know I'm not an air fork guy, but this AER fork is fairly comfortable. I do notice that it's a little bit empty feeling on the end stroke, which is rare for an air fork, usually pretty good on the bottoming resistance, but I didn't have much of that, so that's why I went up in air pressure, and that helped. It didn't hurt the mid-stroke feel. It didn't get a harsher feeling, but it did hurt the top of the stroke, where you hear about, um, in previous podcasts, I talk about breaking through that crust of the fork, that very top end of the stroke. Just think of it as like a pie, where you kind of got to break through that crust to get to that gooey center where all the good stuff is. That's kind of where this fork is at. You kind of have to break through that top stroke, and when you're light on the fork, you're accelerating out of corners, and your fork is just touching the tops of some bumps and some acceleration out there. It's a little bit harsh, a little bit deflecty. So just know as you go up in air pressure, that's going to get worse. Can you fix that with valving? Yes, I've ridden with some AER valved stuff, which was better. But again, I'm gonna preach to you guys the truth. I'm not an air fork guy. I didn't grow up riding you know, air forks. I'm a spring fork guy. When I put cone valve stuff on the Rockstar Edition, it was like heaven in a fork. I'm all about the spring life. Yes, it's expensive, but if I was Husqvarna owner and I was riding a lot, I would, you know, I would spring for the cone valve, so shock fairly comfortable i never really have an issue with wp shocks always pretty stable um, in the rear doesn't have any side to side movement always has more of a, a slower dead feel which i am a big fan of i don't like having a really active shock you never really get any kicks there was some ruts going up phases of jumps at the baker's factory which some kickers which can get sketchy but again the rear end of the fc 250 was very straight and true and squatted very nicely coming out of corners. So overall balance of the suspension for 2019 is nice. Yes, would I like a little bit more comfort? Of course. But for a stock production machine at 170 pounds, fairly good. I'm a fairly aggressive rider, um, and it still performed, um, if I'm going to say we're going to give a scale 1 out of 10, 10 being the best suspension I've ever felt, it's a 7. It's pretty good. It's not, it's not bad. It just got to work at it a little bit and of course it's an air fork right so it's going to change over the course of the day it's never going to feel the same i did notice that going back to other bikes that other people have ridden because there's 10 to 12 guys riding all these bikes right well the fork never felt the same so you got to get accustomed to that feel so that so that's what i'm saying about air forks it's never the same it's never consistent like a spring fork chassis I still am a big fan of steel steel frames. Um, in the wet, heavy sand of Florida, still performed very well, very stable. I like that feel. I thought it was going to be a little bit worse in the softer conditions, but no, the steel frame performed well. Chassis feeling is light, very light feeling machine, and it feels even lighter because of that engine character is getting better down low. It lays over nice in the corners, feeling light all the way through. Initial lean to me is the best attribute to this machine. I can lay it in there really quick and pop out if I want to. If the rut goes all the way around a corner in a 180, I can make that sucker quick, quicker if I wanted to when the, the line gets blown out from the end. I can cut down and boom, get out of that sucker really nice. So the beauty about this bike, it has good straight line stability and great cornering character. I love that about this bike. So. For you FC250 future owners or 2018 owners, that attribute hasn't changed for 2019 and maybe has only gotten better because of the engine is better down low. So very good first impression for me on the FC250. I think you know a lot of these shootouts, 
this bike has been doing well. I don't see that changing for 2019 because it has improved a small amount, so that's good. And uh, we will be doing a 250 shootout a little bit late this year because Suzuki is late to the game with their new 250, but um, look for that in October, November time. Moving on to the FC350, probably one of the m more favorite uh, machines that I have taken a spin on last week. The track was a little bit tight, didn't flow as well, it wasn't very fast. This is where this bike shines, guys. If you guys are in between, you don't want a 450 power, but yet you need a little bit more torque from a 250, this is where this bike shines and is good. I get a lot of emails about, hey, Kiefer, what bike should I get? You know, I'm, I'm not that good of a rider. I'm a little bit of a heavier guy. Man, a 350 would be very good for that type of rider. Don't count this bike out. To me, if I'm comparing a KTM 350 to this Husqvarna 350, last year I liked a KTM 350 a little bit better, but for me, for the simple fact of less vibration, and also I get a better rear end comfort feeling from this FC 350, due to, me, to uh, I think, because of the airbox and the composite carbon that they use for the subframe. So just to let you guys know it there, and before you guys email me, um, what do I like better, I think I would pick an FC350 over the KTM SXF350. Um, so moving on to the engine really quick. Yes, it has more torque than the 250. No, you can't lug it like a 450, but RPM response is very exciting. That has improved for 2019. Bottom end, just like the 250, has improved slightly on the 350 as well. Would I like more? Yes, but I'm a 450 guy, so I don't mind a 450 power. Everyone thinks 450s shouldn't be around in motocross. I disagree. I love a 450 power because I, I can ride them the way they should be ridden. I'm not scared of the power, and of course, not to jump ahead, but the FC450's power is so smooth down low, it's not really that um, scary to ride. So what's better on the 350 versus the 450 is RPM response. I wish some of that RPM response on the 350 would roll over to the 450 because it's a very peppy, exciting feeling down low. It makes the whole bike feel light. That has only gotten better in 2019. I felt like the FC350 in 2018 was missing some of that, like the KTM had a little bit more on it, okay? Well, the FC350 has caught up in 2019 with that RPM response excitement. Um, I approve of that. Thank you, Husqvarna, for doing that. And the changes that they made to the engine, of course, um, helped that along. And what's different between the 350 um, to the 250 is I got more mid to top end with this new engine change that they, the updates that they made. So and I'm just getting increased amount of power throughout the whole range on this 350. Immediately when I went onto the track, it took me about a lap and a half to figure out, wow, this 19 engine is better than last year's engine. The ECU setting, for one, is better. I don't get D-cell pop like I did on the 18. It's a cleaner delivery. I get more RPM response. I get better top end. I get better mid-range pull. I can even run third gear at times, okay? No, I can't run third gear in tighter 180-degree corners, but I can run third gear on some 90-degree uh, ruddy turns that I feel like I can just stab the clutch a little bit and recovery time is excellent with this 350. That's where that RPM response comes into play, okay? You want some of that RPM response slash recovery to help you along if you're lazy. You older guys out there, you're lazy. I don't care who you are. I ride all the time and I find myself getting lazy. Of course, we're not riding two strokes all the time, so our styles adapt to what we're riding and what we've been riding is four strokes. So getting some of that RPM response is huge on the 350. I like the fact that I can choose. If I want to rev this bike out, it works out very well that way. If I want it to be a little bit lazy, not 450 lazy, but a little bit lazy, the recovery time is better for 2019. So 
I have a couple options here that I can work with when I get tired. And if I'm a third gear lugger guy, I can just, you know, fan that clutch a little bit and recovery time to get back in the meat of power is a lot less than 2018. So Husqvarna did a great job on this 350 engine. Again, probably one of my favorite bikes to ride last week out of the bunch. So that says something right there. Suspension, much like the 250, I don't have a lot of different opinion, okay? I did go up on air pressure the same as the 250. Same kind of feeling, it kind of dived on D-cell and I went up on air pressure, it helped in-stroke feel, kind of helped that diving, but also hurt the top of the fork stroke because of that crust that we were talking about. So just know that's something that you're gonna have to deal with when you go up in air pressure on this fork. Again, sag 104 to 105. I did go a little bit stiffer on high-speed compression to kind of get rid of that empty bottoming feeling on the end of its stroke. I only went one-eighth of a turn and that helps, okay? Sometimes I talk about going to a quarter of a turn. Well, one-eighth of a turn made a pretty big difference on the shock, so just know that if you're getting this bike. Sag is very important, people. Do not forget to set your sag. Yes, you need to set your sag when you get your brand new bike. Don't go ride it and then set the sag. Set the sag, go ride it, break it in, and then recheck it, okay? Because it will change. Just because you set it at 105 on, on 0, 0.0 hours, and you come back at 4.0 hours, you think it's the same, it will not. It will be a little bit different. You might be at 106, 107. Yes, two millimeters is important. I get that question all the time. Kiefer, how do you feel one millimeter, two millimeter? You can, okay? Not just me, you guys out there too. You'll be able to feel it as well. Give yourself some credit. Two millimeters is a lot. I don't care if you're cutting a handlebar. I don't care if you're on shock sag. I don't care. It's a lot. Might not be a lot in the sexual world, two millimeters, but it's a lot in the dirt bike world, okay? So get that correct. Chassis feeling. Again, much like the 250, feels a little bit lighter. Feel a little bit more peppy. Feels a little bit uh, more agile because of that engine. Straight line stability, same. Still always very predictable. I have no qualms about this this frame. If there is one thing I can pick apart, and I'm kind of like predicting the future here because I've spent some time on these steel frames, I do not think that these steel frames last as long as aluminum frames as far as engine hours go. I have ridden KTMs and Husqvarna's a very long time. They do, to me, feel a little bit more clapped out than aluminum frames do when they get older. If I'm at 100 hours versus 100 hours between a K, I'm sorry, between a Husqvarna and a let's say a Honda or a Yamaha aluminum frame, the Honda or the Yamaha is going to feel a little bit fresher because of the rigidity that is involved in the aluminum properties versus the steel properties. Okay. Last year, I was on about 60 hours on a steel frame, and I was on 80 hours on aluminum frame, and the, the aluminum frame bike felt better than the steel frame bike. So just make sure, and some of this has to do with checking your bolts and doing these things on steel frames. Bolts connected to the frame, such as hangers, um, your pivot bolt that's going through your swing arm, check the torques, check the torque specs on those suckers a lot every other ride i check them and i'm and i'm telling you every other ride they're a little bit off because everything's kind of seating in and then flexing and moving so you are losing some torque from riding over the you know course of several hours so just be on the lookout check your bolts check your you know engine mounts check your your swing arm pivot bolt, everything that connected to the frame, always check because that'll make your bike feel roached out as well if your your bolts loosen up. So just be aware of that. But yeah, chassis to me, guys, is very good. I'm still a fan of the steel feel. I asked some riders, can you feel the difference between aluminum and steel frames? Some guys can't. I can. When the track gets hard, or even if this soft track that I rode had some square edge underneath it, 
the steel frame just seems to absorb all that stuff a little bit better. So I do like that feeling. Again, the 350 is a very good choice for you guys out there that don't need 450 power. And a lot of you out there do not. So um, don't abandon the 350 size bike. I feel like, honestly feel like a lot of other manufacturers should jump on the 350 sizing and not get rid of 450s, but just just add on to their, their model line. And I, I have a feeling that a lot of those things would be sold. So um, I enjoy riding a 350. If I wasn't racing all the time and I wasn't, you know, thinking about trying to get a whole shot and be competitive, 350 would be my jam because it's fun to ride. I can still pin it. It has enough torque for me to to ride it, but yet it has enough excitement for me to be happy when I do go ride. So check the FC 350 out. A little bit better than the 2018. We will put more time on this thing in the coming weeks. Andy Jefferson, if you're listening, don't forget about us over here at Kiefering Testing. We'll need some uh, 2019 test bikes. All right. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies, they're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or RuttedRacing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also... Don't forget, you know what's coming after Rutted Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees, get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have... Phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just... I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. 
The designers and engineers at Scosche develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Scosche finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFringTesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good that lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order, please order, and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes, and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way, on to every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night, hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless... Those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young, and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool, and thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay, They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, Hey man, I love your product. Trust me. 
I've been around little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders. We're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Moving on to the FC450. Do I even need to do this podcast anymore we should just shut it down right now because you guys know how i feel about this bike it's basically a rock star edition bike okay minus the ugly blue frame uh, blue frame i do not like this flat blue frame it is uh, yeah that's how i feel about it i don't really care for it bring back some black bring back some white let's let's not mix match blues and yellows and blacks and Oh, gosh, dang it. So, here's my deal. I had a conversation about uh, the Husqvarna with my wife while I was driving up to the Pulp Show there at night. And we're just driving. It's quiet. You know, we're driving 15 north in the desert, BFE. And I look over at Heather and say, I think I want to buy a Rockstar Edition. And she looked at me and she's like, what? She's like, yeah, I, I feel like I want to buy one. The Guys... Okay, in production form, is it the best bike for me? No, but a little bit of work, to me, I have the most fun on an FC450. So let's just get through the day that I had with the FC450. I hopped on it. I'm very familiar with it, right? Yes, it feels the same as the Rockstar Edition. Nothing really drastic. Engine feeling, yes. Not that much excitement down low. Very linear, very smooth bottom-end power, but very connected to the rear wheel, which allows you to ride harder. It's very... I use the word very a lot with the Husqvarna's because there's a lot of good things about them. It's so easy to ride. It makes you ride a little bit better. It's deceiving. You're going to have to do some lap times on this sucker to go back-to-back on other bikes to see if you're faster because you feel like you're as fast as as riding your other machines, right? But in all reality, I feel like you guys would be faster on an FC450 because it's so easy to ride. It's so connected to the rear wheel that you can get on the gas earlier in corners than you can with the YZ450F. And you guys know that I'm a fan of the YZ450F, but I can rip corners so much better on an FC450 because I can get on the gas earlier and keep it on all the way around the corner without stepping the rear end out or losing traction. That's the beauty about this motor. Yeah, I want it all. I want more excitement. I want my RPM response. I want more bottom end, but maybe I don't need it because then maybe I couldn't corner as good because I'd break the rear end loose. But I like the way the Husqvarna engineers are doing the engine because now it's so easy to ride that you guys are scared of the 450s out there. You shouldn't be because it's it's so linear and easy to ride. It's not going to rip your arms out. People think 450 power is just like this monstrosity of power. It's not on this FC 450. It's super easy to ride. Very um, what I call modulated coming on with your throttle. Your right hand is connected to the rear wheel, which I like a lot. So, to me, yes, I want a little bit more RPM response, but nonetheless, it's a good power band and easy-to-ride power on the FC450. Mid-to-top end, pulls so far. Best over-rev there is in the 450 class. You can let this sucker rev out a lot. And again, not a lot of vibration coming from the FC450's engine because... I feel like the difference between KTM and Husqvarna is the handlebars, and the handlebars dampen vibration a lot. So, and I also feel like the carbon composite subframe, mm, it changes the vibration qualities as well between the orange and the white bikes. 
Suspension, again, same thing, guys. I need to go a little stiffer on the fork. And when I do, hard to break through that crust on the top of the stroke. I wish Husqvarna would just go to a spring fork. And, wow, man, I would really buy... I wouldn't even have the conversation with my wife. I would just go buy one. So, um, the reason why I'm having the conversation with my, my wife to buy one Husqvarna is because you have an air fork. So, please... Think about going to a spring fork. Not that the air fork's bad, guys, okay? Again, I'm going to really drive this home. It's not bad. It's not a SFF Air TAC fork. It's not a KYB PSF 1 or 2 fork. It's better than those, but it's still not as good as a spring fork. 105 is my magic number for SAG. I do go in on the high speed an eighth of a turn on the 450, and it's still a very balanced feel. Again, it will change over time. As you ride these things, the air fork is not the most, um, you know the word I'm looking for. It's not the most basic feel that you're going to find out there. It's not so, it's not a dead feeling, but yet it's not active. It's kind of in between where a spring fork moves a lot. It's connected to the ground more. This thing doesn't move as much, but doesn't feel as connected to the ground. I feel like in front end terms, when I'm driving through corners, I could get more initial bite with the spring fork, which I do, but it's just not consistent enough for me to really buy in on the air fork technology. Chassis, this bike corner's good. I explained that. It's light feeling, um, lightest feeling, 450. I was complaining about this last year about the engine making it feel a little bit heavier feeling in sand. I feel like this 19 engine has helped that a little bit all the way around from 250 through 450. It got a little bit more RPM response on the 450. I wish I had a little bit more bottom in and RPM response, but it did gain some. It makes that bike feel a little bit better in the soft stuff, so I'm not complaining as much. Um, again, you East Coasters know that your dirt is very grabby and heavy. And us West Coast guys, it's hard pack. And, well, it's hard pack in two hours. We got nice loam, and then boom, it's hard pack. So you East Coast guys, you got a better range. You got a, a larger window out there for good dirt. We don't out here. So, again, 450 FC is one of my favorite bikes. I like it a lot. Things I would do to it. For you guys owning one, boom, right away. Vortex ignition makes a huge difference bottom to mid-range power. Wakes it up, RPM response, yet keeps the connectivity to the rear wheel. It's an amazing thing, guys, seriously. It's expensive, 600 bucks. But a Vortex ignition for this bike is the best thing for it. If there's one thing I was going to do to the engine, boom, ignition. Jamie at Twisted Development, that guy has the Vortex ECU settings down for this. I had this in my bike. Zero popping, okay? I do get small decel pops on the stock ECU. There is zero popping, okay, with the Vortex. It wakes it up, makes it pull farther, and makes it a, a huge difference in the power feeling. FMF muffler, of course, I would go there. Husqvarna and FMF partnered together. That is the way I feel like you guys should go with your machines. Not because FMF advertises, honestly. Little D knows I'm no bullshit. But for this FC450, that muffler is very good. Those are the two things that I would do right away. If you really want to dive deep into your wallet, of course, go to Cone Valve and Track Shock. That's what I had on my bike. And I didn't want to give it up when I gave it back to Andy. I could probably write a sad love letter out there a missing you you know article about this bike as well i really enjoyed my time with it so again for 2019 husqvarna did a great job improving their their four strokes small improvements okay not huge changes there's a lot there's a lot on paper but on the track it's small differences okay yes a little bit better bottom end here and there a little bit um lighter feel because of the rigidity that you're getting with this new chassis that they have and also with some of that bottom end. So um, I approve of the of the frame changes. It didn't hurt straight line but helped cornering and I approve of some of those engine changes that made a better RPM response delivery slash bottom end feeling while 
keeping connectivity to the rear wheel, which is very important to go fast on a dirt bike. Traction is important. Traction is number one to go forward and to knock down lap times. So just know that. So that's my overall opinion on these bikes. Uh, I thank Husqvarna for having me out. Thank you, Alden Baker, for having us out as well and, and inviting us to your to your land, your 100-acre land that I'm very jealous of. And, of course, if you guys have any questions about these bikes or anything else related to dirt bikes, hit up chris at keyforinktesting.com, and we will happily help you. Might have to wait a couple days, but we will try to do our best, as you guys know. And, of course, you guys want some T-shirts? Hey, go buy some. I still have a bunch here. I like to see you guys wearing them. I get some pictures from time to time of people wearing them. I get stoked. Head over to Heather at KeeferInkTesting.com, and Heather will take care of that, and uh, we accept PayPal, and that's basically how we're doing it right now. We don't have, like, a, a huge T-shirt production here, so PayPal is what we use for payment. But, yeah, nonetheless, have um, Heather will help you, and we'll get you some uh, T-shirts, hoodies. Um, we'll make them some hats here for the summer, so maybe some koozies for you guys out there that drink some alcoholic beverages. We'll do some of that. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And, of course, stay tuned because there's going to be more Husqvarna podcasts coming up. We're going to have some off-road stuff coming up. Um, I got my guy Michael Allen. All right, he's a big off-road guy. Me and him are going to go do some some mountain riding soon, and we're going to get you guys some feedback on some Husqvarna off-road bikes as well. So stay tuned for that. So all you off-road guys out there, we are not neglecting you. We are coming back, but I am a small operation here, so I don't got a lot of people helping me, and uh, we'll get some good quality information, but sometimes it takes some time, so so bear with me. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors out there for believing in what we're doing here. You guys know I always try to give the best, honest feedback. There's no fluff. There's no bullshit, and we're accessible. That's what makes us different from other media outlets out there, and we have a good time talking shit about dirt bikes, right? It's not all about dirt bikes all the time. Sometimes we sneak in wife talk, right? For you guys out there that listen to this podcast, you know what we're talking about. Woo! Just, you know, a happy wife is a happy life. That is that is very true. But you know what? We need this dirt bike thing in our lives to keep us sane sometimes. You know, you get home from work, kids, wife driving you insane a little bit. What gets you through the day? Dirt bikes. Logging on to keyforinktesting.com, looking at shit, thinking about riding. That's what life is all about sometimes, you know? We need a release, and you know what? Dirt bikes are our release. So thank you guys for listening. It's been fun. Check back soon. More Husqvarna stuff. Thank you guys for listening. See ya.